Welcome everybody to the A-Game Podcast. I'm your host, Dan O'Neill. Meant to come to you guys last week, but some technical difficulties on the forefront of the podcast prevented me from doing so, but I'm ready, more than ready, to talk to you guys about sports. Um, Two weeks to recap, essentially, and a lot going on with the MLB trade deadline, a lot going on in almost every sport besides the NBA. But the one thing I want to talk about first, I want to congratulate my buddy Luke Gildred just committed to Claremont McKenna. Big, big deal. Uh, one of the best academic schools in the country. Also gets to play football there. Super proud of him. We're great friends. Um, and also just as an athlete, it's an amazing accomplishment. So wanted to make sure I gave him a little shout out there uh, to start this podcast. We did an interview just a little bit ago and we're planning on doing one uh, here pretty soon uh, to kick off the 2022-23 season for the standing as Pirates. But that analysis will be coming later, um, but just wanted to uh, shout out Luke real quick here on the podcast. But I'm going to start in the MLB. A lot to recap, like I said, since you were unable to hear what I had to say last week. The trade deadline is upon us, and yes, there are there are sellers, there are buyers, there is everything in between. But these teams sometimes get a little ahead of themselves. To say the least, I see teams like the Seattle Mariners making a move for Luis Castillo when giving up four of their best prospects. I don't like that. Um, Castillo is a great guy, but he is slightly overrated as his fastball isn't in the higher percentile of the league. Um, it gets barreled a lot. The barrel percentage on that pitch is pretty high. He does have devastating breaking stuff, but as far as the fastball goes, sometimes it gets hit around a little bit. And when you play teams like the Astros, the Yankees, who absolutely punish fastballs, that sometimes is an issue, and that's who they would be playing in a deep postseason run. Um, I like the idea of them going for it. You know, you have a star in Julio Rodriguez. He is a superstar in the making. You got Eugenio Suarez, Jesse Winker, J.P. Crawford, Ty France, a really, really good pitching staff with Gilbert Ray and Castillo now. But I don't think it's good enough to make a championship series. There's just too many good teams in this American League for me to say that confidently. I still believe that the Houston Astros are the best team in baseball, not only the American League, but in all of baseball because of how good they are from top to bottom and how good that bullpen is. Because at the end of the day, bullpen wins you championships. I've seen it for the past 10 years, 10 plus years. It's the bullpen, it's the starting pitching that wins you those big games in October. So, I like what the Mariners did, but I didn't like the prospects they gave up. Also, J-Rod just hit the uh, the IL, so that's concerns for them. Um, we'll see what happens. But they're right in the thick of the wild card race. I respect the idea of going for it, but it's concerning to see those top prospects go. A lot of other guys on the market. The big name is Juan Soto. Where will Juan Soto land? And the trade deadline is Tuesday. A lot's going to go on between now and Tuesday. But the way I see it, I think Juan Soto will be a Los Angeles Dodger by Tuesday. I think I've thought it from the beginning. I think they just they have the prospects to give up. They have the major league ready guys to give up. And I think they will land Juan Soto. The thing I don't like about the Juan Soto move, if he does go to the Dodgers, is the fit doesn't necessarily make sense. I mean, they have one of the best offenses, if not the best offense in all of baseball already. And then they're going to go waste top prospects, including a top pitching prospect in Bobby Miller, who has Cy Young potential written all over him. And they're going to go get, yeah, the best hitter of the current generation, but at the same time, someone that might not extend in two years. 
You never know. Juan Soto is a big risk for any team that lands him. I saw that the final three teams were the Padres, the Dodgers, and the Cardinals. I see where the Cardinals come and play. They obviously don't have the farm system that these other two squads do. But they have the Major League ready guys. And they can get rid of guys like a Bader or, or a Dylan Carlson if need be. Major League ready guys that are established. They have good pitching. I, I like that move. As far as the Padres go, they, they're in a way better position prospect-wise, but I don't know if I'd be willing to get rid of C.J. Abrams. I just don't know if that'd be something I'd be willing to do. He has proven already in his short sample size that he could be a star in the MLB. Proven it. And yeah, the average has been down, but the barrel percentage is still there. He's still hitting for power. He's doing all the things he did in the minor leagues. So if I'm the Padres, I might shy away from it. And I think the only team that has the right amount of prospects and that would be willing to, because we've seen the Dodgers do these type of moves at the deadline for the past three years when they're going for it all. And, you know, I think that this just makes sense for them. I don't like the move personally if it happens tomorrow or Tuesday, but I think it is the most realistic thing that could happen. I saw Trey Turner, Max Scherzer go there last year. I, I, I've seen Manny Machado go there. I wouldn't put it past the Dodgers to do it again. Um, so I believe Juan Soto will be a Los Angeles Dodger by Tuesday. Uh, as far as the other free agents go, Frankie Montes is still on the table for the Oakland Athletics. Arguably the best pitching prospect in this whole trade deadline class. And I think I, I was a big thing of him to the White Sox and... You know, they haven't contended as much recently, so it's made me a little skeptical. But I still think that he will be a Chicago White Sox by Tuesday. I think that this team still senses competitive nature in that clubhouse and a chance to make the playoffs, and they're not going to give up yet. I had the White Sox as one of the best teams in the American League before the season started. And then they just plummeted to start the year. No one was clicking. Tim Anderson was the only good player on the squad. Jose Abreu completely fell off a cliff. Aloy Jimenez was still hurt. Luis Robert kept running into injuries. And this team wasn't what it was made out to be. Lance Lynn was hurt. Dylan Cease has been a bright spot. But they've been really, really bad considering their expectations. Very similar to the San Francisco Giants. Another team with a ton of expectations. But their guys just haven't performed. And... That is why, but the, but the White Sox are still right there in the American League wildcard race. So that's why I think they're going to make a move. Maybe not a big one, but this is a move that could serve them well if Frankie decides to stay. He's still fairly young, mid-20s, and I don't think the White Sox should just throw in the towel yet with how much talent that roster has. So I think Frankie Montas will be a White Sox by Tuesday. I find it interesting how all these free agent relievers don't get talked about enough. I mean, we got Pop with the with the Marlins, who's phenomenal. We have KJ Puck with the with the A's, that's really good. Scott Efros with the Cubs. I mean, the list goes on. Joe Mansply could even get moved with the D-backs. He was just an all-star this year. But these are the type of pieces that they don't get talked about, but they go a long way. The Dodgers just picked up. Chris Martin for Zach McKinstry from the Cubs. I love this move because it filled the need of what they needed. And that is relief pitching. This Dodgers bullpen is just not good enough to win a championship right now. And they need 
that is the only thing missing. They have the starting pitching. They have the lineup, obviously. Now they just need that bullpen. So I love that move. Um, but these other relievers, they're going to be going places, and people aren't going to know the names. But when the playoffs come around and your team brings in Scott F. Frost in the seventh inning, for example, and he saves your season, you're going to remember. Um, so... Keep a, keep a lookout for these these relief pitching names because they're not they're not talked about enough and they're really really talented. So I just wanted to to put that out there. Um, other guys that could get dealt at this deadline: Carlos Rodon with the San Francisco Giants. I'm a big Giants fan, as you guys know, but I don't think that Carlos Rodon will be traded. I think I I've seen so many things about him leaving. I've seen so many things about Jock leaving. Realistically, I don't think Farhan makes any move because I think he's going to demand too many prospects for those that want these guys. Um, the Giants are sitting just four games out of a playoff spot, and they're heating up at the right time. You know, they just strung together a big series win against the Cubs. And now, the biggest series of the halfway point, and we're a little over halfway, but against the Dodgers starting tomorrow, that's going to really show if this team's got what it takes. And although... Farhan already has an idea of what he's doing at this deadline. That, if the deadline was pushed back a little bit, that could be something he looked at. I believe that he will be a buyer at the deadline. I think that Brandon Jury with the Cincinnati Reds will be a San Francisco Giant by Tuesday. And I think he's going to add Drury, and I think he might add a pitcher and then keep Rodon and Jock and say, hey, this team won 107 games last year with the same guys. If we turn it around, we could be a playoff team and make a deep run. And I think that is exactly what he's going to do. So we'll see what happens. But I really don't see Carlos Rodon getting moved at the deadline. It, it just doesn't seem realistic considering how many prospects Farhan will want in return. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love the trade deadline. There's so many uncertainties, and I think that's what makes it so exciting as a fan. But uh, yeah, a lot a lot of things could happen in these in these next couple of days. And I'm just excited as you all are. Um, for that. Gonna just finish up on the MLB trade deadline portion of this podcast. I want to talk about Andrew Benatendi being added by the New York Yankees. That was last week's news, but obviously we're touching on it here. I love the move. He hasn't started well with the squad, um, but he's putting together good at-bats and he's going to be fine. He's a great player, great defender, and um, a great pickup for the New York Yankees. Another team really interesting that this deadline is the Cleveland Guardians. They could add a starting pitcher to put them over the top in that regard. They could add another bat. I think that Tommy Pham with the Cincinnati Reds will be a Cleveland Guardian by Tuesday. I think that this would make perfect sense. An outfielder who could hit for power. An outfielder who isn't good at fantasy football. I'm kidding. Um, an outfielder who is a pretty decent defender. And yeah, I, I'm, I think this is the best fit for Tommy. The Reds, they're in sell mode. Even though they have a lot of really nice potential it does make sense um just considering their trajectory of their squad but uh i do see tommy fam getting moved as well and and yeah that basically sums up all of the major names that i could see getting dealt at the deadline i think a lot of other teams are going to be on hold considering they believe they can compete but we obviously don't know yet um and and that's what makes it so special so Excited to see what happens there. Uh, Mike Trout also, this doesn't have anything to do with the trade deadline. We're moving on. But he was diagnosed with a really bad back problem. And Mike Trout's one of my best 
her favorite players of all time, class act, does it all, 5-2 player. One of the best we've ever seen. And he was diagnosed with a rare back condition that could prevent him from playing at the highest level for the rest of his career. And this seriously concerns me because his prime is just not being entered. I think he's had a long prime already of about three or four years, consistently finishing in the top three of MVP voting. But it could be even longer. Um, And with this back problem, we might not see that prime again if we're going to be realistic. And it's really unfortunate because he's one of the best players I've witnessed with my own two eyes. Besides Barry Bonds and and that basically besides Barry Bonds, I think he's the best player I've witnessed. And I, I just hate to see a guy have his career derailed with injuries, and that is what we're witnessing with Mike Trout. And even though he is so, so great, the, his conversation in the GOAT debate will be not there anymore because of these injuries. And obviously, I hope he comes back at the highest level, but this is something to keep an eye on um, as his career continues. So I just want to touch on that. Hope that Mike gets gets well, but um, yeah, it's an awful, awful situation. Um, so yeah, if I were to give you, moving on, if I were to give you, you know, my World Series prediction for the uh, season, I would, uh, I would say Astros versus Mets. Now I had Astros Braves, but I think this Mets team, when they're adding Degrom back, is too good. Um, I think it's going to be Astros Mets, and I think the Astros win the World Series. Um, for the first time, because we're not going to count 2017 because they cheated. But I think that they're going to win this year. And, um, yeah, I think they just have the best team overall. So that's all I have for the MLB. If you guys have any questions, hit my DM. Um, but keep paying attention. There's a big two days coming up with the trade deadline. And, you know, we're entering the back half of the season. Wild card race is heating up. Division race is heating up. And it's really exciting times to be a sports fan. So um, I'm excited to see what happens there. Moving on to the NFL a lot, a lot to get to, but I'm going to start with news that happened today. Debo Samuel, the star two-way wide receiver for the 49ers, agrees on a three-year, $73.5 million deal, putting him in the upper echelon of the league in annual pay as a wide receiver. Super great deal for the Niners. They lock up their guy for three more years at least, and if he performs, he could get even a bigger deal after those three years are done he is one of the most talented receivers in the league. He is a top 10 receiver, no doubt about it. And he's only going to get better. His physicality is unmatched. The way he can break tackles, get in the open field, and just never come down. Um, it, it's exciting. So I was super proud to see Debo get that deal. I know he held out for a little bit, being a drama queen and such. But uh, but yeah, a big deal for, uh, for Debo to get that. So pretty sweet. Um, yeah. Moving on to, uh, I wanted to go, I wanted to discuss the divisions um, for the NFL, who I think is going to win which, because I think we're at about that time. I want to give my predictions for division winners, all the good stuff, who I think is going to be a great team, who I don't think is going to be a great team, and I'm going to go over all of it. So I'm going to start in the AFC East. I'm going to go over it fairly briefly, but also in depth at the same time. We'll see what happens. Buffalo Bills. This is one of the best teams in the AFC. I believe they will win 13 games behind an MVP caliber season by Josh Allen. They just added Von Miller. They did really well in the draft, um, getting back pieces for that offensive line. You still have Diggs. You still have a lot of receiver weapons. You still have Dawson Knox. 
And after last year, after going into that absolute shootout with the Chiefs in overtime and essentially losing by a coin flip, this team has something to prove. And I think that something could be an AFC championship or a Super Bowl appearance. Um, But yeah, in my opinion, they're the second best team in the AFC entering this year. And I think they have a real shot at making the Super Bowl. And I believe they will win the AFCs. Um, Moving on to other teams in that division, the Patriots. I think this is going to be not so good of a year for Patriot fans. By the the way, I think the Bills are going to win around 13 games. But I think for the Patriots... They're going to win around 9 or 10 games and and not do so well. Similar to last year, but I think a little worse. Digress just a little. I don't think Mac Jones is that good of a quarterback. He's not that talented, and his offensive line makes him look a lot better than he is. But I think they will still be slightly above 500 and, you know, compete week in, week out. The only problem they have is the Miami Dolphins got a lot better this offseason and the New York Jets got a lot better. So they could even fall under that 500 mark. It wouldn't shock me in the least. And I think Bill Belichick in today's game is an overrated coach. Even though he is one of the best coaches of all time in today's game, he is overrated because of his scheme not being up to date with the way the game's played now. So I think the Patriots will be looking at either third or fourth in this division um, and probably not make the playoffs. Moving on to the Miami Dolphins. This team is super, super exciting. I think they're going to win around 10 or 11 games, not make the playoffs. And the only reason I don't think they're going to make the playoffs is because of their quarterback situation. I do not think Tua Vailoa is good enough to win big games in Foxborough, to win a big game in Buffalo. And besides him, this roster is absolutely stacked. You bring in Tyree Kill. You still have Jalen Waddle. The defense is elite with Javon Holland, Xavier Howard, and all in between. Um, I mean, everything about it. You just added Teron Armstead on the offensive line. And you still have pieces around that screen playoff team. But I just don't think that Tua is good enough to lead a team to the playoffs. I think he's a bottom 10 quarterback in the league. I stand by that. And until he proves me wrong, it's going to be tough to, to just ignore the facts. Um, so I don't think that the Miami Dolphins will make the playoffs, but I think they still can win 10 or 11 games just because of how talented the roster is. And then finally, rounding out the division, the New York Jets, they're going to be way improved from last year. I think they could increase their win total by two or three, move from four and 13 to about seven. Yes, they won't make the playoffs. Yes, they will probably still be last in the in the division. But you bring in Sauce Gardner, you bring in Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, Zach Wilson still playing great, Brees Hall chance to win offensive rookie of the year all these guys and a great head coach and Robert Sala are going to be exciting exciting every single Sunday to see and I think it's a stretch to say they are over 500 just because of how poor they were last year and how good of a division they're in but I think they will increase their win total by two or three and I think they will be a much improved football team with a bright future so I do believe the Bills will win this division and I believe they will be the only team in the division to make the playoffs Moving on to the AFC North, this is a really interesting division, especially with the Deshaun Watson scandal looming. Um, I think that the Bengals aren't going to win the division this year. They were on top last year at 10-7. and seven. I believe they went around the same amount of games, 10-7 and seven or 11-6. and six. And I think that Joe Burrow has another great year, but I think that 
the Baltimore Ravens are just a better football team. And I think that the Baltimore Ravens are going to win around 12 or 13 games this year and win the division with Lamar Jackson having one of the best seasons of his career once again. Um, and I just, I'm a big Ravens fan. I'm a, not a big Ravens fan, but I'm a big like fan of how good the Ravens are going to be next year. And I think they're going to win this division. The Bengals, it's hard for them. The way I view their roster is they peaked at an AFC championship level. I don't believe that they're the type of team that, oh, we were so close. We can just run it back next year, adding a piece and we're champions. That's not the case. I think last year was a miracle run and I don't see it happening again. And I think that they're going to be around the same level in the regular season. And it may be good enough to make the playoffs, but we're unsure yet. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll be around third or fourth in the division. Uh, maybe second. Pittsburgh Steelers, they're around the same idea. I think they're going to be way worse. I think they're still going to be above 500 because of how talented of a head coach Mike Tomlin is. I think Mitch Trubisky will start at quarterback for the first few weeks, but then they'll hand the reins to rookie Kenny Pickett. And a lot of the guys they added were, were like small acquisitions here and there, not talked about in the news. Um, but they still have Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. They did get rid of Juju, but he wasn't a big impact last year with his injury. You still have TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, um, just a great defense, Minka. And a head coach of Mike Tomlin, you're probably going to still be over 500. I think the Cleveland Browns are going to be a really bad football team because Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for a long time. And the roster just isn't insane enough to just be a good team without Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, when healthy, is a top-five quarterback in the league. And when not committing sexual assault, is a top-five quarterback in the league. But he's an awful person. It's an awful situation. And he doesn't deserve to play in the league. I don't think he should step foot on the football field again. Um, I mean, when 30-plus cases come out, he shouldn't be on a field again. So, yeah, Deshaun Watson, just a terrible situation. But I think the Browns aren't going to be that good. I think they'll finish last in the division. So I think the AFC North will go Ravens, Bengals, Steelers, Browns. And I think they'll all be pretty close to each other and have some hard-fought games. But I think the Ravens win the division. AFC South, that's going to be brief. I don't think a lot of these teams are good at all. I think the only good team is the Indianapolis Colts by adding Matt Ryan. I think they're going to win this division pretty easily um, by two or three games. I don't think the Tennessee Titans are good. I've never been a fan of Ryan Tannehill. He's not that good of a quarterback. Um, and then the Houston Texans and Jags are still rebuilding. So this is going to be a pretty easy division for the Colts to win. Moving on to the AFC West. Most exciting division in football this year with four teams that could all make the playoffs. In all honesty, the Los Angeles Chargers are the best team on paper in football. There is no team better on paper. Now, yes, it is the Los Angeles Chargers. I understand that. But I believe this team will win 13 or 14 games, and I'm so high on them. I think that this team is going to be one of the best we've seen in a long time. Um, Justin Herbert is going to have an MVP season. I think he's going to win the MVP. I think they have all the pieces around him. They have Austin Eckler. They have... I mean, the receiving core with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Guyton's still there. You still have Joey Bosa. You added J.C. Jackson. The defense is stacked. Khalil Mack. There's everything. The O-line's great. Great head coach. Yes, they're going to beat up in the division. Maybe 13 games is a stretch. You could say that. But I still think they're going to win this division. And I think they're going to be the best team in the AFC. And they have the best shot at making the Super Bowl. Now, I think that... 
the Kansas City Chiefs are second in the division, and it's basically just because Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. I think he could carry them to second in this division, winning big games at home and on the road in primetime. And I think that this Chiefs team is still going to be good. Great head coach and Andy Reid. Um, and then third in the division, I think, is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders. The addition of Devontae Adams, I think, is going to put them over the top. Um, and you still have Renfro. You added Chandler Jones on defense. You still have Crosby. You got everything you need. You play in Vegas, bright lights. So I think that the Raiders will still be in a prime position um, to succeed. So I think that the Raiders will be third in the division. And I think the Broncos will be last once again in the division. I don't think that they improved their roster enough. And I don't think it's just Russell Wilson you needed to add. And now you're all of a sudden good again. Um, Russell Wilson is a top 10 quarterback in the league. And he could transform this squad. But at the same time, he's on the back end of his career. And we don't know what we're going to get. So this division could pan out anyway. I think any of these teams could win it, honestly. But only time will tell. So that's all I'm gonna get, get to. Um, sorry about that. That's all I'm gonna get to as far as the NFL standings are concerned. Just because I want to do the NFC next podcast, so I could break it up a little bit. But thank you guys so much for listening. I'm not gonna get to the NBA because we're in the off season. Nothing really to talk about. Um, and yeah, it's just the the MLB going on in the NFL. Big golf tournaments coming up. I'll keep you guys updated on that. But thank you guys so much for listening. Um, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Big things on the way. Big interviews are going to be happening within the next couple weeks. And I'm just really excited for, uh, for the work we're about to do. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. 26 minutes is this podcast. Hope you guys can give the next one a listen. This is Summer Sunday, Episode 3, Aiden O'Neill clacking out. Peace, guys. Thank you.